Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 39. I never know how to start that off. Like, uh, oh, here, we are almost to 40. Oh, we are almost to 40. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Big our, 4 I won't make the stupid joke about our 40th. <laughs> you really wanted to, though. I really did want to. But anyway, guys, welcome to the 39th episode of the It's All Fine and Dangy podcast, and we are almost... At Christmas. Oh, not many days. Not many days what at do all. We got? Six days? Well, six. by the time this airs, we'll be six days. Yeah. yeah. Do you see how long it took me to do that math? Yeah, that, that took a little <laughs> bit of time there. And you're even drinking coffee. Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, <laughs> speaking of Christmas and whatever, uh, you know, or whatever holidays you celebrate at this time of year, uh, we went to my company Christmas party, and as we said we were going to do, we dressed up like Clark and Ellen Griswold. Yes, we did. It was a hit. <clears throat> it was really fun, and uh, I even had the squirrel on my back, and maybe had a little bit too much fun, but it was really, really cool yeah. and really fun. Too much eggnog? Is that what you're saying? I had too much eggnog. <laughs> yes. I do like that there are several people at your company Christmas party that dress festive every year, and I do love that. I do too. I feel like there should be themes at every party that you go to. You know how I am. I want a theme for you want every a single theme. event. You want a theme for every single I, thing in the world. I really think everything should be themed. It's more fun that way. <laughs> and you shouldn't be allowed to come if you don't want to participate in the theme. Well, I do agree with you as far as like Halloween parties and things like that. I like that some people dress up and I really enjoy doing it. I mean, it is kind of weird how some of the people are looking at you like... uh what are what you doing here? On? No, what are you doing here? <laughs> Thank had, you very but, much. But not really generally people from the company, and I think it was really fun, and uh, and we had a good time like we always do. We did. It was a blast. We went to some little bar after, we went on the, what, what's it called? The, it's the St. John's oh, the, River uh, Ship. Uh, the River Ship Romance. Yeah, that's River right, Ship in Sanford. Romance. In Sanford, Florida. It was really fun. Took us out, did dinner. Yeah, it's a nice little thing to do for a company party. I it think. really is. It keeps everybody kind of contained in one area too, and so you're kind of forced to socialize. And you even. can't leave early. That's it's brilliant. Right. It's brilliant. But we went up on top of the boat. It was really foggy out. It was really, really cool. You got a really cool picture up oh, there. Oh, I did. I did. And then uh, we went to the Celery Street Bar or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something. I think, you know, Sanford's known for its celery crops or they, they used are. to be. I think it was used to be, but maybe still. I don't know. I, think I used they to live do there. have one still. Yeah, I used to live in uh, historic Sanford, and I remember reading somewhere about the celery farms and the railroad was like big business way back then. Oh, I bet. I yeah. bet. Yeah, we had like a Christmas-filled weekend. We did. We went to, that was on Friday night. It was and Friday then night. Saturday. We drove to... We drove to do our interview, and yes. then Sunday we did the golf cart parade in Winter Garden at night, which was really, really cool. That Every kind of golf really cart you cool. can think of. All the proceeds go to charity of uh, everyone that pays to get into the or to, You don't have to pay to see it, no. but if you want to be in it, you have to pay. Yeah, and that's something that they do every year. And I think they said that there was over 100 golf carts this year. And it's the West Orange Junior Service League that actually puts that on. And then they choose whatever charities that they want to donate the money to. So I thought that was really cool. I did too. And we saw... 
the Grinch. We saw Buddy the Elf. We saw Santa, of course, and we saw Cousin Eddie. You did, in the whole camper and everything. That was amazing. It was amazing, yeah. And the Santa Claus one. Oh, there was a guy who was dressed up as Santa Claus and he and Mrs. Claus in the golf cart too, but the golf cart was decorated like a huge sleigh yeah. and then it had all the reindeer out in front like lit up like they were flying. It oh, was I amazing. I don't know how he did that. That was uh, Hopefully he won. That one was really cool. There was some kind of apparatus that he had because I saw like a metal thing coming out the front so it must have been bouncing kind of. Yeah. It was really cool. It was very clever. Yeah. That was fun though. Yeah, and then before we went to the Christmas parade, we had a Christmas family event with my side of the family. Indeed, we did. So a shout out to all my fam. Um, What we decided to do this year was to give back to our community um, instead of giving gifts to each other. Yep. And so we chose Bags of Hope, of course, because we know where that stuff is going. Yes, we did. And the, the cause is so wonderful. So we all brought, even the little kids, everybody picked out PJs in their size. And for boy or girl. Right. So the kids got to pick out what they would want to give to somebody else. So you had some Minecraft in there, some Star Wars, some princesses, you know, you had a little variety of everything. And um, then we just kind of packaged those up so that you could see them like in clear bags. And we did some other goodie bags. So that's what um, we dropped. I dropped that off over at um, Rhonda and Mark's house. And that will be given out on the 22nd when we do the Bags of Hope event. Oh, I love it. Yeah, we want to continue that tradition every year with doing something for our local charity. Right. Yeah, that was so great. Such a great idea. And it, everybody was totally on board with it. Yeah. yeah. And we had fun. We ate some food. We socialized. And then we went our separate ways. We did. That's what you do. Indeed. So it was a great weekend. Very, very holiday oriented. And mm-hmm. this is the last episode from us that you guys will hear until Christmas. Until Christmas. So I know yeah. not everybody does Christmas, but for us, that's especially exciting because um, I should say for me, let me be honest, yes. I am the most excited person in my house for Christmas. And that's probably how it's always going to be. Yeah. And I think we already announced that we're going to be grandparents, right? We did. Yes. You know, not by Christmas, but... Not by Christmas, but next Christmas... Next Christmas. baby is not going to know what's going on yet, so you got a couple years. Disney passes. <laughs> Disney passes. Anyway, guys, that wraps up this and that. We're going to roll right into our community call-out. Please stay tuned for that because we have an excellent guest this week, and it is all about the giving spirit, and it's a perfect fit for the holiday season. So hang tight, and we will be right back. This is Jason Montia of Mimi's Community Theater. Come out and see Christmas Bells, December 13th, 14th, and 15th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd, at 8 p.m. Fridays and Saturdays, and at 2 p.m. on Sundays. On December 13th, buy one, get one free. Come out and support local theater, Mimi's Christmas Bells. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our community call out. Today, we have the opportunity to sit down with Barbara Trozzi, who volunteers her time with two pretty awesome organizations. We are so excited to chat with you today, Barbara, especially about Project Linus. Thank you so much for joining us yes, on this thanks. Saturday afternoon. It's a pleasure. A beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. The weather is amazing. I right know. Now. It's like that gorgeous Florida weather where you don't want to be inside. It's like, oh, finally. It's like 75 <laughs> degrees and windy out. It's really nice. It's yep. Sunny. Okay, Barbara. So one of the first things we always like to do with our guests is find out a little bit about them personally. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe your family life or your hobbies? Sure. Um, 
I was an Air Force brat, which meant we moved every single year. Uh, when I was growing up, I was actually born in Puerto Rico. Oh, wow. And um, Beautiful place to be born. Yes. Uh, never saw it again. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, on a cruise years later. Okay. Yeah. The, the life of a, yeah, of a I'm military an Air Force child, child, though. Right? <laughs> and my dad was, uh, you know, military professional, 25 years as a master sergeant's kid. So, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. The retired Air yeah. Force as well? Yeah, yeah. He, he was. And cool. uh, he was an air reconnaissance uh, photographer. And, oh, cool uh, job. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, my mom, however, was a Florida native. So when we got out of the Air Force, uh, we always say we, when you talk to an Air Force brat, because the whole family is yes, of like one unit. Yeah. Right. Uh, we came back to Florida. But in the meantime, we had gone to uh, school in Japan. So we lived there for three years growing up. And Interesting. Some of my best memories. And they say that in life, when you're 10 years old, that's the year that you remember the most as a child. So much that happens when you're 10 oh, wow. just I sort of resonates that. with you. Yes. And for me, I was 10 the year we left Japan, but I was, you know, most of the year there. So that was lovely. My dad, being a reconnaissance photographer, was uh, part of the team harvesting the atmosphere for radioactive material. And my father, unfortunately, contracted cancer from, oh, from that. radiation exposure yeah. and uh. passed when I was 15. So for oh, me, Project yeah. Linus and the Sinise Foundation resonate with me because I know what it's like to be a child and lose a parent or to have your life you know, be disrupted in a, in a traumatic way. Very and traumatic, oh, yes. You wow. have, that creates compassion for anyone who's in those circumstances. So yeah. that kind of gives you a little bit of my heartbeat. Oh, no kidding. So, um, but I was able to go to college through the War Orphans Act in Boston, and I ended up corporate transferred out to California and um, lived there for probably the longest period of time I had lived anywhere up until I came back to Florida. So I'm sort of 50% California, um, but the Central Valley, you know, the growing yeah. region of sure. here, Northern California. And the rest of me is Florida gal. What so, brought you back to Florida? Lauren. So I have a step-grandson, Mark, who I met when he was two, as did Sheila. And uh -huh. uh, he is my grandson. Don't everybody, you know, I rarely call him my step-grandson. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And then Lauren was born uh, in 1998. So 22 years ago, I came back yeah. and haven't left. So Got to be by those babies, of don't course. you? Yeah. <laughs> that is yep. so great. That's right. So I get your roots into why you're tied into the foundations because of your experience, you know, as a child. Yeah. When did you first start getting involved in these organizations? Well, I actually sort of sideways got involved um, back in the early 2000s because a friend of mine and I had started an organic sleepwear company because our company was laying off, so we were making sleepwear out of organic cotton, way ahead of the curve. Yeah. Wow, that's and, so cool. Um, you know, when the financial meltdown happened in 2008, that kind of put an end to our business, but we ended up with a lot of cool fabric, which we donated to Project Linus. Oh. Right? Because they do a lot of stuff for children and babies. Yes. Then, uh, when I retired, I remembered Project Linus, and I had learned to quilt in the meantime. I'd been a lifelong sewist. 
so-ers don't call themselves so-ers because it's spelled like another word, which isn't so fun. So oh. <laughs> I, was, I was a lifelong so-ers. Uh, Took me so, a minute to get that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, I thought I wanted to do something uh, to give back, you know, and I had done some service things throughout my career. I did United Way. I did county organizations and, and taught kids to ride, you know, in exchange for whatever they were willing to do. I taught them how to work, basically, and then oh, cool. they learned how to ride. But um, yeah, I wanted to do something with children. And um, I called Project Linus to volunteer and had and learned that the coordinator had just passed away. Oh, what timing. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, this is God thing, so I'm going to step up to it. And I had done some public speaking, I'd you know, done some training, I mm-hmm. had done some fundraising, and I had all the computer geek skills that went with it, not, <laughs> not no. to the deep level, but yeah. uh, yeah. software applications. Yes. Yeah. And so I uh, thought, okay, this is where I can bring my skill set and maybe make a difference. Sure. And I've yeah. learned so much from the ladies and gentlemen who work and volunteer their time from Project Linus. So I've been able to both give and have my life enriched by the experience. Yeah, so if you've that, received yeah. as well. Yeah, and that was the part I wasn't, uh, you know, I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> this I know. is I don't, great. I don't know if people expect that when they, they're no. like, oh, I'm giving, but you, the feeling that you get oh. and the people you meet, it's like, it it's amazing. It just fills you up. And it's almost like... It, it's like a chain reaction. It's like, oh, and I know this person. It seems to be everybody's connected that's yes. in different organizations. You're like, somehow. It's like um, the Kevin Bacon to this, the... Uh, yeah. Six degrees the of Kevin degree. Bacon. Six <laughs> degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, that, that is so like true. That. And and we've found even in, you know, the, the not nearly the level of involvement that you're in, but the um, just getting involved with some of the charities and organizations that we've met like Angie said, it, we've met other people and gotten involved with other organizations, but yeah. then some of the stuff that you may have learned, it sounds like what you got out of it also was uh, developing skills around some of the uh, intricacies of running the organization that, that so kind of benefited your life that way too. So yeah, That's cool. Yes, yeah. yes. And you kind of have to either make stuff up as you go along or figure it out as you go along. Right. In my case, there was nobody to train me um, I had actually never been to a Project Linus blanket day. I oh. had never met any of the gals in Project Linus in this county. and So you just took the role before you knew how to do any of that. Right. And so it was offered basically they, to her because when she called and she was ready to yeah. volunteer, it's like, oh, well, hey, good timing. here's wow. this position. Yeah. Sure. Right? right. And so, you know, it was a lot of help from a lot of people to, to help me get me up to speed, which was really nice. Yeah. And there but were they a lot seem of, to come together. That's, yes, they do. And you're right about the sense of community. Um, what is so interesting about working in charity is that all you hear on the news is about the bad in the world. Yes, but that's why fact, we don't watch it. Yeah, I know. which is good. But, but in fact, there's so, so, so many magnitudes, orders of magnitude of good going on in the world all Indeed. the time on a grassroots basis. Yes. yes. And it, you know, if people were just more aware they'd probably be a lot less stressed, a yeah. lot yeah. more relaxed. Well, and that's what we're finding just in our very small community. Like we were going to start just like a, you know, very community-based type um, 
podcasts, but we want to help anybody that we can. So right? it's, it's growing. It's, but we, just in our small area, there's so many different um, causes that have a, you know, a, a nonprofit that are working to eradicate something or bring awareness or help others yep. just in our very small it's, town. It's a countless amount. of. So them. like you said, there's so much good going on, but those people don't go around tooting their horns. You no. Nobody knows yeah. about them. Right. So that's where we kind of want to come in and be like, you people need to know about this project. You yes. know, yes. you need to know what these people are doing because they're doing amazing things. Right. Yes. We want to toot their horn for them. You know what I mean? Because they they need it. And it right. brings more awareness to what they're doing. And we're, and we're genuinely excited about helping. And I think that a lot of people that are, that have that sort of uh, philanthropy spirit, uh, maybe not a lot of people, but at least some of the people we've met, they don't really market it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They almost feel guilty for marketing it, but there's value in that because more people hear about it, more people want to get involved. Yeah. And yes. uh, one other thing real quick, back to when you said you sort of had that trial by fire at the beginning. In my life, I have found in those experiences, you almost become better at the role or the job than you would have if you got formal training because of the sort of hectic, chaotic nature of the first month, year, week, however long it took you to kind of get your hands yeah. around it. That's my experience. We call that in my uh, field, we call that building the airplane while you're flying in it. Yeah. <laughs> and, it and it really works. It seems that's, to really work. That's kind of yep. what it is, definitely. Yep. So Barbara, can you just tell us a little bit more about Project Linus for those that don't know about it? Because we never heard of it before believe yeah. it or not i mean i can make a guess because i know who linus is uh-huh yeah right? yeah. yeah well oh okay oh, from, from charlie brown yeah. don't tell me you just got that i just did <laughs> literally i did not put two and two together anyway just a little bit of the story behind it you know who it helps what it offers well, so back in 1995, so picture Christmas Eve 1995, and Karen Lux, she was uh, w- reading an article, and she read about a little one who was three years old who had been diagnosed with leukemia. Oh. And the little one was going to chemotherapy. She had no concept of what was no. going on with her. Yeah. But what got her through her chemo was the blanket she took with her. Wow. And a light bulb went off in Karen's head and she said, wow, this is a way to give kids comfort because probably most of us can think back to that blanket or the stuffed toy or whatever Pillow, it was something, something, yes. that was our security thing, right. you know, our sense yeah. of security in the world besides our parents. But, of course. You know, of course. There was something we used to comfort ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so she began the idea of Project Linus. Well, it took off like a rocket and very quietly grew from yeah. Karen's idea to an organization that has 300 chapters across the U.S. Wow. And now has, in the 23 years, 25 years that it's been around, has given close to 8 million blankets. And wow. when you think of it in terms of blankets, wow. that's just one way of looking at it. But yeah. just think of 8 million children who were grieving or distressed or in pain and how lifted up they were just by have something having something to snuggle with yeah yes. indeed so. i mean i guess that's the human condition just the especially when you're younger but that physical thing you, you know even maybe in some cases more than your parents because when they're going through that kind of thing your parents can't go with you through the scanner or no. whatever or um to some of the examination rooms yeah. and stuff so they could keep it with them at all times 
Wow, that's interesting. So you mentioned your when you first got involved in it. What year was that? So it's been three years in February. Wow. Uh, so it's taken off like a rocket wow. for you, well, too. Well, for me, yeah. Um, so you stepped into the coordinator role. The coordinator role for the county. And so each county will have a chapter and a coordinator. Right. In some cases where there's a major city, sometimes a county will have more than one coordinator. Of course, because it's a larger area. For grandfathered areas like uh, Central Florida, what's called the Central Florida chapter, there are actually five counties and a bunch of arms and legs, but Michelle Mongoya leads that. She's awesome. So anyway. <laughs> keeps everybody rallied together. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, at any rate... Um, when I got involved, uh, our chapter, because the woman who had handled it had been ill for some time, um, had been kind of on hiatus, not hiatus, that's not the right word, but it had um, started to, to, to go down a little bit in terms of numbers, plus women, men will yeah. age out and, and rec- always recruiting new blanket makers and quilters is something yeah. that needs to happen. So um, we, we had about 79 blankets a month, and now three years later we're up to about 150. And that's because of the number of volunteers that well, have stepped month. up. In that a month. is yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's almost our, two blankets a day. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And our chapter, um, since we started in 1998, so we're 22 years in May, has given out already over 25,000 blankets oh, to that's the children amazing. in this county. Oh, that is amazing. So that's what I was going to ask. The Your chapter takes care of the county that you're in as far as hospitals or. Who do you partner with to um, give the blankets to the children? Like, are there certain hospitals you partner with or um, foster homes? Where do the blankets get dispersed to, and how do you find out about that need? So we we already give to about 10 different places in the county, and I always have to look at my cheat list of because there's so many. Of course, but, uh, we, uh, you have to have a list. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> uh, so both of the Halifax, are actually three units in Halifax, we give to what they call speediatrics in this county because of the Speedway and the France family. So we have a oh. pediatrics ward. And speediatrics, speediatrics. I like it. <laughs> um, same day surgery uh, is another unit at Halifax we gave to, which has been going on at Twin Lakes. So we're needing to hook up and get those blankets there. Um, and then, of course, the NICU uh, unit at that hospital. Yes. We also, uh, in the past couple of years, took on Advent Health NICU and pediatrics. Oh, wow. And um, that is a list you got going. Right. And then uh, through Halifax, the hospice program. So for children who have lost a parent or a a sibling, there's a blanket, and there's also the children's grief program. And for the children, every year in November in this county, yes, there's the opportunity to go to camp. It's called Camp Begin Again. Oh, okay. And this year, camp seventy kids, seventy kids went to camp, and they each had a blanket and a teddy bear, and oh, uh, wow. from us. And this is all about them having an opportunity to see that there are other children who are going through what they're going through, they're not alone. They have someone they can talk to who knows what it feels like, and they have an opportunity to go through some of the grieving process and some of the process of honoring their loved ones. So we give to them, and we also give to them monthly. 
Wow. That, I can only imagine that, you know, the kids seeing other kids and being able to talk to other kids that are going yeah. through that yeah. makes a big difference it for does. them. It yes. does. And I'm going to burn through the list real quick oh, and then course. get to my favorite. So we have <laughs> Easter Seals and Nemours that we give to every month. Our Early Steps, uh, which is the Healthy Start Coalition of... Actually, Early Steps is part of Easter Seals, and then we have the Healthy Start Coalition of both Flagler and Volusia, because we cool. peel some off for Flagler. Um, we have Grace House, uh, Delan, New Smyrna, and Ormond, uh, the house next door in Delan, the uh, Pregnancy Crisis Center, and Victim Advocate Programs. Wow. Now, for Victim Advocates, you're talking about kids who might have been in a situation where they needed to be removed from their home right. and given a, a more stable a safer environment, sure, or children who have been um, subject to abuse of some kind, and so you're wanting to give them comfort right of away. Course, absolutely, um, and sometimes it'll be um, police departments or fire departments that uh, yeah. are offered blankets, and we're working on building that back up again because it kind of, you know, we've kind of been focusing on hospitals, so now it's time yeah. we can. We've got the numbers to go back to those organizations. You've got the quilters and the blanket makers, right? Awesome. So out of the 1,200 blankets we gave last year, 1,000 of them went locally. And then we peeled off 200 for these two national organizations, both of which are near and dear to my heart, which is the Gary Sinise Organization Mm -hmm. and Snowball Express. And as you know, Gary Sinise does, that foundation does an incredible amount of work. Yes, for um, so much military service and uh, and their surviving families, mm-hmm. also for first responders, for firefighters, for police officers, and for EMTs yep. nationally. Yep. And they do it in a way that uh, gives the children and the surviving spouse support. And it could be anything from a house for the family to what we get involved with, with which is Snowball Express. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That's an annual event that got changed to Florida two years ago because a soldier wrote a letter to his wife saying, if you're reading this, I've been KIA and I want you to do something for me. I want you to take the children to Disney World. Oh, oh wow. About to cry. <laughs> yep. Oh, no. Yep. And before that, uh, Snowball Express had been 10 years going to Texas. And uh, so through the um, support of the Gary Sinise Foundation, the funding was now available to bring these children to Florida with their mom and their family. And they're between the ages of 5 and 18 to participate and um the airlines, American Airlines donates all the planes and the fuel. Oh, the wow. pilots donate their time. The flight attendants donate their time. And See all this good going yeah, on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. And hundreds of people donate their time to yeah. make this so for the children. And it's five days at Disney World, all expenses paid. And, uh, and did I read somewhere it was like 7,000 families? 1,700. 1,700, 1,700 okay. people, uh, probably 1,000 families, because some of them are bringing more than yes. one child, okay. but probably about, and I'll just guess the number of 1,000 families. But Well, so one of the things I was going to ask too is just what do you spend your time doing? 
Well, when you're a chapter coordinator, you're basically the point person for that chapter in the county. Right. The national project Linus organization sets the rules and the policy that we follow because mm-hmm. you can't have everybody running off to the Milky Way, right? Of course. Now. And um, plus, we're you know an IRS 501c3, which means we're a bona fide charity, both registered nationally with the IRS and, and in yeah. the state. And you want to have those standards throughout. And we have standards mm-hmm. that we have to uphold. So that's sure. part of my job. And it's right. not a club with membership it's a group of people that get together and volunteer their time and volunteer so you know i have i have to make sure the standards are upheld every blanket has to be new and handmade right this is something heartfelt you know yeah. what i mean like this is giving of your time and you put love into it and there's something about receiving a gift like that instead of just something bought yeah. from the store right. yeah somebody took the time to make it yes. just for you yeah and so even the fleece blankets if if they you know the kids that make them in the elementary school will fr- will fringe them ahead of time yes. and they'll tie knots uh, but for people who crochet, we'll use a skip rotary cutter and cut holes around the edge, and they'll crochet this beautiful edge on this blanket. And uh, so somebody knows that they've done that. And that's pretty a pretty good place to get kind of started. Yeah. And the quilters, we have quilters who have won competitions nationally. And so are these are nice quilters. blankets. Oh, They're not just, yeah. You're not we're just cranking We're going to get the tour in yeah, a few minutes, yeah. wow. so we'll get yeah. to check them out. I mean, I hate yeah. to admit, but I was just thinking you're just cranking out these basic blankets because, but wow, it's and I bet it's even more that kids find it even uh, maybe more comforting because it's it's it very looks special. very special, right, and not yeah. like a, just a you know blanket out of a box. When you go to Snowball Express, we had quilts with Daleks on them. From Doctor Who, oh. we had oh, right. <laughs> every from everything. We had minions. We had you know the Avengers. We had kitty cats and puppies. Of course, you know every possible range of things that yeah. kids would want. And right. then a big stack in the middle that were fleece that was specific to the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, um, and camo fabric. Boy, those go more than anything. I'm telling you. Yeah. Oh, well, with, with the Snowball Express, yeah. I could understand yeah. that definitely. Oh, that's interesting. So we know that um, it sounds like you guys have some large sponsors. Do you, as a chapter coordinator, do you have to raise money in your local area as well? Do you do fundraising events? Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes. So in our each chapter coordinator must raise $500 minimum a year to oh, keep the okay. chapter alive. And uh, that can be a challenge because there are so many calls on people for donations from so many different places. Uh, yeah. Sure. Um, fortunately for us, uh, I have to tell you that Jeep Beach has done an incredible amount of oh. work for charity in this area. Jeep Beach holds an annual Jeep event. Is it at, is it the Jeep dealership? Is nope. That, no. No. Nope. Okay. Jeep owners. It's a oh, Jeep it's, owners. Yeah, it's a Jeep club. It started as the Mid Florida Jeep Club and they started having an annual rally and then the next thing you know they were getting bigger and they rented the speedway and then they had the you know the the Jeepers as they call them the driving Jeepers, down the beach yeah. with a surfboard. I mean just wonderful. Well, over the past few years, they've made profits of over 300000 a year, and they give every dime to charity. That's amazing. Oh, that is amazing. And we get a small amount of funding from them, but it's, it's 
enough to keep us kind of alive. Because uh, you said it's 500 a year. Well, we have to raise 500. They gave us 1500 this year. We had individuals who gave us 500 yeah. here and 500 there. Probably the majority of our, quote, funding comes in in donations in kind. So quilters will bring us a roll of batting or they'll clean their fabric stash out. We'll get boxes. As a matter of fact, we've got boxes of fabric stash from the Spruce Creek Fly-In Quilt Guild right here. They gave me 40 boxes of fabric, which is hundreds of yards. And Uh, fabric is... Not it's, inexpensive. No, no, it's not. <laughs> As I have found out making some yeah. Halloween costumes. Yes. I'm like, okay, I got to wait. I got to shop the sales section. Yeah. You know, we used to make clothes when we were younger because it was less expensive, but not it's anymore. not. It's yeah. not. Now it's more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. And uh, yarn comes in by the bucket load. And uh, so with our funds, I uh, probably, you know, 10% of what we actually make a quilt we can, you know, we do twelve hundred blankets a year at the actual hard cost, cash cost of about two dollars a quilt. A quilt can be fifty bucks minimum, as can an afghan. When you look at really nicer yarn, yes. Sure. And, yes, and the size that you have to crochet to get it to cover, especially teenagers who get really tall. Yes, all of a sudden, yeah, that's right? true. Bigger blankets. Yep. Because so, you probably make a variety of sizes as well, oh, from we little do. ones all the way up to, um, like you said, teenagers. Yeah, and uh, the little 36-inch squares that cover the isolates and NICU all the way up to, we had the teenager at bed. Snowball Express <laughs> who was like 6'3". You know? Oh, wow, taller than me. <laughs> yeah. His feet are hanging out of everything, yeah, so exactly. you've got to make a long one for him, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So do you have special events that are happening now or upcoming events for Project Linus? Yes. So um, I I mentioned, you know, that that we do blanket days and those happen once a month for in four points in the county. They happen every month. Every single month. Wow. And those are basically fun gatherings for the gals who are uh, like to get out and have a social group uh-huh. and we share our work. We have show and tell. I mean, you're proud of your work of because course. you're an artisan, right? It's, so, it's a craft. Yeah, it's a, it it's, is. It's a craft. It yeah. is. So we, we all ooh and ah over each other's creations and get inspired by that and yeah. and I'll bring kits of donated fabric and off we go and, and we'll do it again next month. But we have two new groups, one in Orange City at the Orange City RV Park that's basically people who are transient and come back. There's yeah. a few people that stay in the summer and the rest just come in in the wintertime and they're doing a lot for us and then we have a new group in DeBerry that just got started both of those groups are probably uh they got started between April and June and um they're already up to 20 blankets a month. Wow. Oh, and about wow. how many people does an average group consist of? So the ones that actually show up for blanket day, probably about 15, sometimes as much as 25 people. It just okay. depends on the area. Then we have the people we never meet. They're on our mailing list. They get our newsletter. We never see them in person. Our mailing list covers about 200 people. And, oh. we, and we probably physically see 60 of them a month. Wow, you know, so most of them are remote. Most of peop- most of the people are working quietly at home doing their thing. Yeah. And they just send it in to you or do they, they they drop them at our drop location. So we have a Facebook page where we, you know, tell about our events and we tell about mm-hmm. our drop locations, we post our newsletters, we post our 
our show and tell pictures, mm -hmm. whatever, tips on being a quilter or a crocheter or funny stuff. Yeah. And uh, that's where we get the community to get together so they know where to drop things. Right. Yeah. So the way I see it is that it's already probably a hobby that they enjoy doing, and now it has so much more meaning for them. Yes. So it keeps them doing it even more. Well, yes. and I'm thinking, too, when you really love doing, like if you make um, homemade cards or quilts, it, you need a reason to make it yes. because right. you want to. You want to have. I, I, yes. I want this material. I gotta make something out of it. But yes. you can only give so many blankets to family and friends and stuff like that. So then you're like, okay, I gotta get this to somebody else. And it probably right? feels even more important than your family and friends once you get into something like this because these are people that really need it. And the yeah. reality is, most of the time, our family and friends don't need the presents that we give them. We just do it out of love. We, but they yeah, don't. just because yeah, we love to to give them right. Whatever so I, it is, <laughs> I, I love that. I love that you know you got people that were that are quietly working at home, and it's almost like the faceless, uh, important, most one of the most important parts of the organization. Yeah, it's like a silent guardian angel, and and I think also you know at this stage of life, we have a lot of people who are retirees. Yep, and. Um, you know, Eric Erickson talked about the seasons of a, of a man's life. He called the book, I'm going to say it, a person's life now, be, to be politically correct. But um, you, you get into a phase of life where it's you're either going to regenerate or you're going to stagnate. Yeah. And so as you have this creative ability, you realize that you can regenerate love and your artistry by by doing this. So yeah. even if you're working, if you're a total introvert, you, you know, you never leave your house and you sit and crochet. Yeah. You have a way to give your life meaning and purpose. And That's I right. think yes. that is so important. And it keeps you, get you along healthy. It, it that does. keeps you healthy. And I think even, I, I tend to walk the line between being incredibly extroverted and being incredibly introverted. Yeah. I don't know why I'm like that, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm either all out or all in like yeah. that. But I think the, for, for, so I understand the introverted types and I think, just knowing that you are contributing to society, even if you're not in it so yes, much, yes, that's a that's a, a huge thing, and it does. I yeah, agree. like you don't you have meaning. to be you know talking to everybody, yeah, or, yeah. or go out and meeting people. You but know it, you're doing something. Yeah, but yeah. That, they're probably feeling that their lives have a lot of meaning. It, still, they so. do. They're I, a part of something. Yeah, I love that Peanuts cartoon that says, "I can't go out today. It's too peoply out there." Oh, you know? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you know, you'd, sometimes you just have to recharge yeah. your batteries at home. Yeah. So, of so can we talk about? Charlie Brown, because the, the bell just went off in my head a few minutes ago yeah. when you said that. Is that where the name came from? Yes, it did. Okay. And, and of course, uh, Karen arranged with um, the Schultz, Schultz Foundation yeah. uh, to um, use the Linus imagery. And um, it's used very, like on my business card for the county doesn't have Linus and the blanket on it, but the national does. And we have to be respectful of copyright. Sure. But, it's used um, sparingly, but yeah. Yeah, used sparingly. Uh, but it does, it, it clicks with people because once they know about Linus and his blanket, which he's only ever dropped in any show one time. Yeah. He's always had it in his hand. I love it. I just remember him being like the super philosophical brainy one yeah. of the bunch, but he yeah. always had that blanket. He yeah. always had Security yeah, it was blanket. a thinking blanket. Yeah, that's what that's it was right. right there. That's right. So I have a question. So normally, when I think about quilting or um, crocheting or anything, it seems to be kind of a lost art, right? That our grand, my grandma, 
um, did yep. and my Mine mom did, did a little bit yeah. of, but it wasn't really passed down to my generation. And it seems like it's kind of this lost art. Do you see that there's a comeback in it or do you guys offer where you'll teach people, younger kids, how to do this so that we can maybe, you know, keep this art kind of going and being passed down? Yes, it happens all the time and it happens quietly, but, um, I've quilted with a girl who's as young as five and probably at that time was a much better quilter than I was. And, um, you know, a lot of young women and men are learning from their their grandmother or their aunt or somebody. Yeah. Now there's a cool guy who has a YouTube channel and he's... Um, oh, Dan's got to write this yeah, one down. And <laughs> now I've, I've drawn a complete blank, but I'll think of it in a minute. His name is Rob, and he does the man man sewing, and he man calls it. Man sewing, and I love it. He's got tattoos, and he's a rock star, and he quilts. That's and amazing. He does a beautiful YouTube show on man sewing. So a lot of more, a lot more men are getting involved in it. Um, well, we talked about like that therapeutic yeah. type. Yeah. Um, monotony of yeah. just doing something creative or over and hands. over again yeah. with your hands yeah. that the, rep, the rep, repetitive motion is really repetitive that's what yeah. i was thinking but well, i love uh, the uh, in, in line with your question angie i'd love the answer that you know you're seeing younger people that are getting involved yeah. and i love that this this youtube guy we'll find that we'll find him on youtube yeah. and i'll put a link in the show notes yeah. for that yeah. along with everything else you've mentioned yeah. we'll put links in the show notes so if you're listening now on your phone or your tablet or whatever you can just scroll down and click a link just like we always do but this guy bought or Rob, you said mm-hmm. he's breaking the barriers of yes. of what the stigma of not yeah. doing it because I'm a guy I can't be quilting. Come on, so I love that. It's well, cool. think of the math. I mean, you know, in in a way, uh, you know, traditionally men have done carpentry and sure. women have quilted, but mm-hmm. the math, the angles, the measurements, all the same the precision. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just the medium is different. You're right. working in fabric instead of wood. Yeah. Uh, but it's, and some of the designs, yeah. oh, they're oh, so amazing. intricate. And, and then complex, yeah. using the different fabrics and making sure the pattern is the same on this spot as it is over in this spot. Uh, well, and I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I have to share some, at some point, I'll share some pictures from the international quilt shows. The first prizes at the big quilt shows are tens and $20,000. Wow. And there are quilters who are complete artists. Wow. And it is an art that would just blow you away. Uh, the the um, amount of imagination and everything. So yeah. you, you, you're used to the more repetitive block on block on block, but these are free form works of arts. There's a modern quilt society and it's a billion, billion dollar industry. Wow. So that is very interesting. Well, it's, it's interesting, but it doesn't surprise me because I just learned recently with our friend Kim, they own, she owns a crafting company and crafting cards, like making the mm-hmm. homemade cards, you you can't believe how many people do this. It's huge. I mean, yeah. I was blown away. I was like, wow, people are still doing that. Yeah. No, not people. <laughs> Millions of people. Millions. I mean, it's Millions. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. It seems like it's the same thing for quilters then. Yeah. yeah. And there's something called the Modern Quilt Guild for younger women who want to do something a little more avant-garde or minimalist or whatever with their yeah. quilt. Right. And you're seeing some neat forms of art and expression in those. Yeah. Wow. Different fabrics they're mm-hmm. using, probably, you know, just all sorts of different elements that they're incorporating into it. Yes. Now yeah. I got to go now, you know, what's going to be in my search, right? Quilting. Quilting. It's gonna, quilting. I can see you on Pinterest I, now looking I've through quilts. Gotta go through there, you <laughs> yeah. know, and yeah. check it and check it out. So um, Christmas is here. I did have a question about how you guys deliver the blankets. So this is kind of just 
popped into my head here. Do you, are they personally delivered? Do you, um, take them to the hospitals and they have like a, a little, a closet or something that they keep there where they can pass them out as seem fit? How does that work? Yeah. So we look like Santa with big, clear trash bags full of quilts. Uh, we wrap the ones for NICU individually okay. and everything that we get is inspected and cleaned and washed and labeled before it gets out. And then I think they have a mechanism at the hospitals where they subject them to high heat mm-hmm. so that they're, you know, sanitized. germs, yeah. Right. And then, um, so NICU, they're individually wrapped, and then the, the rest are in big bags, and we'll drop them at each drop location every single month, like Santa Claus hauling they a, come. a bag of blankets. <laughs> nice. And then the you know, at the nurse's station or wherever they have arranged they will dole them out during the month. Very cool. So, yeah, it works out very well. Yeah, I was well. wondering how that happened. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. You know, yeah. you're not, I would think that it would be a drop instead of just running one here, running one there. Yeah, you, know? you yeah. never get them all in the hands. No. You yeah. would need no. a lot more volunteers, get, yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know if we could get volunteers for that, but yeah. Yep. All right, so Barbara, as we're wrapping up here, we wanted to ask you about traditions and the spirit of giving is a huge part of the holiday season. What traditions do you and your family have and how have you passed your volunteer spirit along to other members of your family? Well, both my girls are involved in a lot of things and um, my my daughter Christine down in Fort Lauderdale has involved been involved with a charity guild down there for ever since she's lived in Fort Lauderdale, which is going on 20 years. Wow. wow. And maybe longer, time flies. And uh, also with the Children's Science Museum and with um, Children in Distress. Oh. And then she does a lot of fundraising for multiple scler- sclerosis. I'll say that wrong, so help uh, me with It's that. a hard one, I know. <laughs> MS. Wow. Just MS for MS. Yeah. So you have definitely passed on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm. you know, we all sort of inspire each other, too. Yeah. And um, Sheila's involved of course, she loves animals, as you can yes, tell. Yes, she does. So she's involved with the Humane Society, and I've completely drawn a blank, but I'll fill that in. She in told second. us. She told us some other ones. Yeah. So, so for those yeah. of you listening, yeah. Sheila is the kitchen chandler that we had on a few episodes ago, and yeah, she definitely talked about some of the organizations that she's involved in helping as well, and that's Barbara's daughter. Yes, so we didn't clarify that early on. But yep. see how this is how the podcast work though, works, though. We reached out. We said, "Hey, we have some spots to fill in December." And then Sheila's like, "Oh, you got to talk to my mom." She, you know what I mean? And then <laughs> yeah. we got all these different names yeah. just yeah. by you yeah. know, and and here we are. Yep. You know, so it's just such yep. a small world. It, you know? it really is. Now I forgot to mention an event, an event that's coming up. That's very, oh, we want to know. We yeah, want to know about that's that event. Very important to us. Uh, we recently, uh, November thirtieth. Jean Rollerson, who is a lifelong was a lifelong resident of New Smyrna, passed away, and she was a firebrand. She was a saxophone player, a oh. navy wife, a quilter, uh, a woodworker. I mean, she, you wow. name it. She did. She's she a did. rock star, basically. Yeah. Major yeah. spunk. Major spunk. Yeah. And in her memory, Pelican Peacemakers, which is her quilt guild, and Project Linus, which was her favorite charity, are joining together to have. Have an event on her almost half birthday, which is March 19th. Okay. Uh, we're going to have the event on March 19th in New Smyrna, and we're inviting the quilt guilds, the quilt shops, anybody who sews, knits, or wants to even learn 
to show up and we'll have materials there and we're going to have a blanket day. Oh, oh how cool. And so we call a everything a blanket day. Yeah, a big day. And uh, so it's going to be a big event and, uh, you know, stay tuned for more information, but we'll yeah. be really promoting it because it's a way, Jean would want this the most to honor her memory. This is the thing she yeah. loved the most. People would ask her, and she was a really accomplished quilter. They would ask her, "Would you make me a quilt?" And she said, "Yes, if you make a donation to Project Linus, I'll make you one." Oh, that's how, how great. She that's amazing! Did it. Yeah, so that's she amazing. she is an inspiration wow. for so many people. So even after you pass, you know, your life can inspire oh, of people as long as memory. Yeah, goes we, on. we had an episode where we talked about, we touched on that mm-hmm. how. Your, it's your what do you With want your, your legacy, legacy yes. to say? Yes, it, it makes you immortal. Basically, is yes. what we, we discussed. And if anybody wants to make a donation to Project Linus, you can just uh, they can yeah. make a donation to Project Linus Volusia County, and my contact information is on our Facebook page. Oh, it is. That's what yes. I was about to ask. Yep. How do they find you? Yep, and uh, or they can get me through Volusia Florida at Project Linus net. Oh, my that's email a long address. one, but that's I okay. Know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll put a link in there so yeah, that right, they can right. actually go right on there. <laughs> and uh, so that's a way. And uh, also estates, you know, or or if you're cleaning and you're going to move, uh, you know, and yeah. want to get rid of fabric, contact us. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. That is great. Well, thank you so much for sitting down thank and talking you. to us. This has yes, been so interesting. I and know. It's been a pleasure. And thank a you for pleasure. what you do for your community. Oh, definitely. Yes. It, it, uh, it fills me up. That's great. <laughs> it really does. And that's what everybody we talk to, you know, they're doing it because of how it makes them feel, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I mean, because they want to give back, but then you start getting that feeling. Yeah. And it, we, what do we talk about? We said it's self-serving it is, too, it even is. though we don't think about it when we're no, doing that's it. That's not why our motive for going Your into it. Your motive is not it's self-serving, just a benefit. <laughs> but it, you get that benefit. Yes. And why do you, yeah. you would never want to take that away from yourself because it's like, why well, do I feel good all the time? Right. Well, it regenerates you. Good. It does. Yeah. It does. And it, that's that was the thing for me. The thing I first discovered is it feels so selfless when you start getting into this and then you realize it is kind of self-serving because of the how you know you the, it, how it makes you feel. feel and the context that you make and you know all yeah. of that. So, awesome. Well, thanks again. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with the information station. So, hang tight. Hey, guys. It's Dan. I wanted to let you know, for the week of Christmas, that being next week, if you're listening to this episode on the week that it launched, we will have not one, but two episodes of the podcast. We'll have our normal episode on the Thursday of next week, which is the 26th. But we'll also have an episode on Christmas Day. So if you're driving around like many of us are on Christmas Day, check it out. And also, Angie and I want to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, and a Happy New Year. Be safe out there. Hey guys, welcome back to the Information Station. We hope you enjoyed the interview with Barbara Trozzi, at least half as much as we enjoyed doing it. Oh, it was so great. It really was. And just the giving spirit of Barbara and the organizations that she's involved in, it's so exciting. And I'm proud to have been part of it just enough to help even advertise it. Yeah, yeah. Even if we don't become quilters tomorrow, right? Well, I did look up that YouTube channel, by the way, and we'll, we did put the link in the show description, but the man, I think it's called man quilting or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's right. She wasn't kidding. It's like, it, it looks like a do-it-yourselfer kind of guy. He's all tattooed up and muscular, and he's making quilts. So. That is pretty awesome. It is really cool. And speaking of making quilts, we did a little bit of research, and come to find out, being creative 
in any way has benefits for your brain and your mood. When you're engaged in doing something that you love to do, your brain is saturated in those happy chemicals like dopamine, serotonin, and this is especially true when you create something by using your hands. Now, I don't know if this applies to drawing or writing because you're typing, I, but it I'm does. I'm sure it would because it, it it's probably because it stimulates two different types of activity you in your brain I mean? like um, what's your hot eye what is it eye hand, hand, eye coordination? hand eye coordination your yeah. dexterity or, yeah but well for i don't know if that's the case with writing because you're it's mostly brain activity about what you're writing mm. and not maybe, as much the physical activity maybe if you were actually physically writing instead yeah. of typing though because you're touching something i don't know yeah but i do like typing believe yeah. it or not for somebody that sits in front of a computer all the time the actual act of typing I like it. I don't well, know no, why. So you'll have to do a little more research on that. But we know this definitely goes hand in hand with quilting. That's it for really sure. does. And, and research published in the Journal of Public Health showed that making quilts helps people's cognitive, creative, and emotional well-being, particularly, and this is interesting to me, particularly among older adults. So that, again, ties back to that whole uh, hand coordination, your creativity when you got to do all the math about, yeah. how, you know, it's just like building you know, yeah. as Barbara mentioned, it's almost like carpentry in a way. Yeah. And that cognitive function is so important. I can never say that word, right? It's a hard word. It's got that G in there. I don't get it. <laughs> got to have good cognitive, cognitive skills to Cognitive function. There you go. You know, getting those um, neurotransmitters in your brain kind of firing and thinking, you know, and keeping your brain healthy and alert. That's, yeah. it's awesome that something like this, it's just a, a, a craft uh, that who, you do. Who would have thought, had I not uh, met with Barbara and we hadn't done the research, I would have never thought about the fact that there's so much involved in making quilts. And I never would have thought about the fact that it's really like math. It's like, it's similar to the practice of coloring mandalas, you know, those geometrical patterns. Yeah. But some of the quilts, especially some that she showed us, and I could... I, couldn't post pictures of them because some of she them was, look like those mandalas. They really too. did, and some of them were like gifts that she may be working mm-hmm. on. So I didn't, you know, we weren't supposed Keep to really it a post. Secret for you, but Barbara. <laughs> super impressive, just the amount of different like patterns in it and yeah. the angles, and um, it's it, you can tell it's very difficult. And making to do. it look like a picture, which is amazing. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, mean the, the repeating patterns, some of these things where they has to look identical on both sides, yeah. so it's symmetrical. It's just really neat. And I know I'm totally nerding out, but it's it's really cool to me that there's so much benefit to actually doing it. Yeah, it's quite amazing. It's quite amazing. I thought so. Well, you know, I looked up a little bit of information too. I probably got some of the same stuff that you did, but um, psychologists believe the process of actually of quilting, because who knew there'd be so much research on actual quilting well, and sewing and stuff like people that. People have been doing it forever. That's yeah. part of why there probably yeah. is so much research. But um Anyway, psychologists believe that that process can involve both creativity and logic, which, duh, I mean, you can see that when you look at a quilt, right? So this, just like you said, the selecting of colors for specific shapes, it taps into the analytical part of the brain, while creating the overall color mix uses the brain's creative side. Yeah. So that kind of shows how that math and creativity, artistic side, go together. It's pretty cool. It really is cool. And for me, I just, I cannot imagine if you go through your life without expressing some of your creativity ever, it seems 
miserable to me. Yeah, just boring, right? It does. No matter what your creativity may be, everybody's is different. Yep, indeed. It could be the way you organize your files if you're an accountant or something. That's right. Always apply. Love organization is a craft (laughs) to some people. Um, And it also brought out that doing this. you know, that using that analytical part of the brain as well as the creative sites, it exercises the brain in a very unique way. Right. And it activates the areas of the brain that control vision and the one that guides fine motor skills. So using your hands and, you know, just being able to pick up something tiny or just, right. just those very fine motor skills that you don't really think about that you need to use, but you need those. Yes. And I would think that if you don't practice using them, as you get you older, them. you start losing them. That's right. right. You don't use it, you lose it. That's what they say about the brain, too. Yeah. That's why it's important to read and do puzzles and crossword searches. Like, my uh, grandma was always doing crossword puzzles. And um, what are the ones where you fi- you circle the words that you the, find? Like the word search. Word yeah. searches. Yeah. She was so, constantly doing that. And she was always playing with numbers, too, oh, which wow. was very interesting to me. Like I love that. Balancing her non-existent checkbook, but... She was numbers. Oh, remember that? Remember we used to balance checkbooks with a little paper? paper? Oh, (laughs) does anybody actually balance a checkbook anymore? Just open the app. Some people might. I don't know. Wow. So I'm I'm on a little bit of a tangent for a minute, but you reminded me, and this is like a super nerdy thing to admit, especially at the age I was at. But I remember doing puzzles, like you know, buying these two thousand piece puzzles and being all excited. It would take forever. These little tiny pieces that all look the same. did you used to do the thing where you would glue it after you got one that you really liked and you would glue it and frame it? Yeah, we did that. Yes. That was a big thing. If we it was that. one you really loved the picture of, then you put the glue all over it and you put it in a frame on your wall. We absolutely did that too. That is so funny. You know, we need to get some puzzles and because I would enjoy that. I would too. God, we, we're nerdy. We, <laughs> we really are. We need a we need a puzzle table, babe. We really do. <laughs> we are incredibly nerdy. We won't nerdy. hang it up though. We'll just take a picture of it and enjoy it for later. All right. Um, and something else that I found was that the state of concentration that it takes to create a quilt helps to keep the brain active while also, while also giving it a break from just those daily thoughts that might weigh you down. So it can actually be a stress reducer. I mean, that's pretty great. That's right not surprising to me. No, it's something, you know, where you're very into it, it does. It takes your thoughts off of anything else going on. Yeah. And one research study done concluded that the act of performing a craft was actually incompatible with worry, anger, obsession, or anxiety, especially it was referring to quilting and sewing and knitting and stuff like that. Wow. So... You just can't have anxiety when you do it. I guess you That's can't. Crazy I could see myself obsessing over trying to get perfect. <laughs> I know. When the obsession part was in there, I was like, well, <laughs> let's talk to some quilters and see you about that. You know what it that. probably means is once you're actually doing the making, not the planning, but the actual making of it, once all the planning has been done, the just the process of making it, it seems like yeah. that would be a... a calming thing to do yeah it does to me too because i've done crafts before when you're doing i'm doing the same thing over and over again and it's just like autonomous 
Yeah, it's you can't think of anything else because you don't want to mess up what oh, you're that's doing. Oh, that's not autonomous. Yeah, yeah. So you have to focus. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't. What does autonomous mean? That means though? like happen, happening <laughs> automatically. The author is going to tell me some words oh, I don't know. Okay. The autonomous means um, like you get to a point to where it's an automatic thing. You're not even thinking. It's just oh, you're it's just happening. Like if you're licking stamps or something. Oh, you know? okay. I mean, I guess it if if you're really good at the craft, it could be like that. Yeah. You know, like making die cuts or something like that. I'd like to apologize for using a reference from 1920 with licking stamps also. <laughs> People still have, your mom had stamps the other day, the really cute Santa Claus ones. Christy yes, Fox had stamps. I, I know she did. And speaking of which, and I don't know that she's really guilty of this, but Holly posted a saying that I have to just catch right here for a minute. But it said, my, it was talking about us, and it said, my generation thinks they invented podcasts, but my mom has been leaving 40-minute voicemails since before the internet. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. And then I just have one more point that I found in a paper, uh, actually a paper that was published in a peer-reviewed journal of public health. So that's important to me because when something's peer-reviewed. Sure, it's, it's validated. It's, yeah, it's validated. It's gone under some scrutiny to see if it's scientific or not, right? Right. Um, it says that quilting is said to help the cognitive, creative and emotional well-being of people, especially among the elderly. Yep, there you so go. So we're, we're just reaffirming all this stuff that we've found through research. Yep. And it's because quilting offers problem-solving challenges like math and geometry. There you go. While building self-confidence. And I thought that was interesting because how does it build self-confidence? Well, you've created this masterpiece, really. Anything you create successfully. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's a piece of art and just the time that you put into it and and the thought and yeah. especially for people who are giving back to the community through like Project Linus. Oh, I mean, imagine the confidence and just the good feeling, the good feeling that they get from knowing that their pieces of art are going to make somebody else's life happy. And you, while you're making it, I would think that you're thinking about that the whole time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we talked about stress reduction reduction something it brought out too was that that bright colors which are usually used in the patterns of quilting can actually help to relieve stress uplift the spirit and actually even increase your activity oh wow pretty cool that stuff so man awesome. that goes right along with all the health and wellness stuff it does so i'll put all the links in the show notes as i mentioned before but i'll also put the links in on where we got this information and as we are wrapping up the information station i did want to take one more minute to remind you guys that the mimi's community theater the uh, play that's going on the christmas bells play this is the last weekend that you can go see it. So if you're listening to this podcast on launch day on the Thursday, tomorrow night, then Saturday, and then Sunday, and then it's over. And it yeah. has been a full house yeah. so far. So it the is, 20th, 21st, and 22nd, 8 right. p.m. on Friday and Saturday, yep. 2 p.m. matinee and Sunday. Come out on Friday, guys. We will be there. Yes, we will be there on Friday. And um all I know is it's been a full house. And that it's, is amazing. I'm seeing the pictures and it's wildly popular. So I can't wait to go see it. And yeah. hopefully, hopefully you guys will go see it too. Yeah. Remember, best tag us if it, let us know if you're going to be there and we'll keep an eye on it. Oh, for indeed. You. And remember, it's best to buy your tickets online. I'll put a link in the show notes of where you can do that once more. And otherwise, that's it for us. That wraps it up. Oh, an interesting point about Barbara, though. 
you would have thought she'd been quilting her whole life because yeah. she has that fancy machine and like oh, that this room was like of space quilting. Age. I mean, it was pretty amazing. Yep. But she just started four years ago quilting. How crazy is that? She had sewed her whole life, yep. but quilting to me is a little different than sewing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you come up with the patterns a lot of the times with quilting. So, yep. but yeah, she had this really cool machine, this whole room of where. The magic happens where she they give these wonderful gifts to Project she Minus. She doesn't waste a drop of material either. She she take well. First of all, that machine you're talking about. I know I'm a nerd for this kind of stuff, but it's like a sewing machine on this big, maybe five foot wide arm mechanism where she can slide it back yeah. and forth. It's like a robot looking thing. That was super cool to me. But then she also has these little bags, and she'll take snippets of material and stuffing thread. and thread and she puts them in this little bag thing that she's made and it collects in there and she takes all of that and uses it to stuff dog beds that she makes that she then donates to the local dog shelters I or know. whatever. She is using every little scrap that she has and giving it to some other cause. That's it's, amazing. Right. And it's still helping others. It's That's helping right. dogs. Not and, being wasteful. Right. Either. We should do a month of helping animals. Yes, I already had that on the agenda. Oh, I love it. Yes. All right, guys. Well, anyway, we're wrapping up. But as we say every time, if you enjoyed the show, please go out, give us a rating, give us a review. It helps us so much. It helps the algorithm to push our podcast up in the list. It helps to spread the word so that we can spread more of the word about local businesses, community events, and most importantly, charities. And... Subscribe to the show. If you love the show, subscribe to it. If you love it. That's right. And what else, Dan? You can always contact us at 407-519-0515. We really like getting the voicemails, but if you're willing to let us play it on the air, you have to tell us that in the recording. Give us permission. <laughs> Seems that no one does. <laughs> I always forget. <laughs> but most people want to email us, which is fine too. We'd love to hear from you. Feedback at fineanddangy.com. That's F-I-N-E. A-N-D-D-A-N-J-E-E.com. Our website is fineanddangy.com, spelled the same way, where you can also go to see a picture of us and our guests, as well as all the links from the show. And if you would like to be a guest on the show, if you know someone that would be a good guest on the show, please let us know. We're currently booked up through February, but we are always looking to help spread the word about local events, charities, community events, businesses, you name it. And at the end of the day, it's all fine and dandy. I'm Casey Kasem. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. <laughs> you did it. It's a little Hey, you're bringing us back in? Hey guys, and welcome. <laughs> <laughs> now you know how to edit. Just a little bit.